are you? Good, how are you? I'm great. I'm not gonna lie, I'm fangirling a little. Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> I'm here. Mm. And I also wanna mention your Becky video made my day yesterday. Me too. <laughs> I was feeling a little sassy. <laughs> That's a little shocking. That's yeah. not like you at all. No, not at all, not at all. Uh, no, it was just, uh, you know, it was that one, that one person and that one comment. On that one day on that one day and I was just After like the right oh, amount of caffeine yeah not today honey <laughs> I'm not letting it go today hello and welcome to table for five with no reservations take a seat at the table for a fresh sweet salty tart and pleasantly bitter conversation Hello, everyone. I want to thank you for taking a seat at the table today I have Jen Dunn hi everyone Jamie Ramos hello Kimmy McIsaac hi there Tabitha Cabrera Hello. And I am Rachel Flanagan. And today we have Eileen Shackley with us. Hi, Eileen. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me here today. We're so happy to have you. If you want to introduce yourself to our listeners, that would be awesome. Well, my name is Eileen Shackley, but you can call me Mama Fry. I write the blog and run the page Autism with a Side of Fries. I started the page, believe it or not, 10 years ago. Wow. Uh, yes, when my son was just a tiny little eight-year-old, uh, he is now a much taller than me, 18-year-old. Uh, he has autism. I think that makes him awesome. And uh, I just enjoy sharing our stories with everybody because I find the more you talk about it, the less scary it is, the less intimidating it becomes. And, you know, it just makes life a lot more enjoyable. We agree too. I feel like writing has built such a community for us. And in addition to like that alleviating the stress, it's fun to have somebody on your feed, like your page, Eileen, because you have this comedy about it. You have this like lighthearted, you have this sweetness and the salty that you show. And I, I just, I appreciate that because a lot of pages can go like tears and celebrations only. And you make all the room for the big feelings all around all of it. I love it. I try to, I had a, a friend of mine that said to me years ago, you should do your own page. And I kind of dismissed it because I thought, well, there's, there's so many out there already, but I'll be honest. I like, I didn't really follow a lot of them because I found them kind of be like a downer. Like, you know, it was just, you know, and I'm not saying there's not a place for that. Cause let's face it. It's not all sunshines and rainbows and unicorns, but I couldn't live life like that. And I didn't want it in my newsfeed like that. So mm. I was kind of like in a place where I'm like, well, I'm going to just do, you know, I'm going to do my own thing then. I'm going to be me. And I had a friend that encouraged me. She's like, yeah, do it, do it. Write it like you write your Facebook updates. Because what you see on the page is what I always wrote like yeah. in my own private page. And she's like, write it like that. So she was right. <laughs> you are right though, because people, and I'll just quickly, if I write a kind of a sad or a hard story, that's okay. I can put a funny lineup and, and it's like, yeah, I just lit the world on fire. So people really don't want, everyone lives the hard. People really don't want to read or hear about the hard anymore. I'm finding, you know, it is part of our life, but. I would even just think only like, it's just yeah. so nice, such a breath to have a, a witty, but yeah. informational page like yours. I just, I love the balance. Thank you. I try my best. Yeah. <laughs> don't always get it right. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit about your son and kind of what brought you to diagnosis and sort of what his first few years were like way back then? Well, a long time ago, <laughs> now that it's been going on for so long, believe it or not, before I had my son, I actually worked in the field of autism. I worked as a job coach and a vocational trainer with 
teenagers on the autism spectrum and adults. Worked that job for many years, had my son. When my son was one years old, I decided I'm, I was kind of done with working with that field and I wanted a break because I was burning out. I had one year of stay-at-home motherhood and that's when I started our special needs journey. So I wasn't out of the field for as long as I thought I would be. I wound up being sucked right back in, but on a different capacity on the other side of the table as a parent before I was being a professional. So he was diagnosed pretty much around age four, but we just started early intervention around two, you know, it's never an easy process with autism. And it's so funny. It's like the most frustrating thing I often get asked by noobs is like, you know, they want to fix it right away. As soon as they're on the start of this, they're like, okay, what do we do? What do we do with that panic feeling that they express? And I totally get it because as a parent, you know, you see something with your child that's not, I don't want to say right, but not what you expected and mm -hmm. your natural inclination is to fix it and to do it as quickly as possible, whether it be, you know, feeding them, making sure they're not sick. Do they have any other issues going on? And you, you do that ABCD check uh, of trying to fix it. And there's no quick fix with autism. There's no yeah. set of rules that's going to work. I mean, what worked for my kid is not necessarily going to work for any of your kids that are sitting around this table. We all know that, you know, that was the one thing I really had a hard swallow for me in the beginning was, is like, holy, this is not going to be easy. This is not going to be quick. I, I'd like to think by now I'm much more mellow about it because like once you get a couple of years under your belt, you're just kind of like, all right, we'll just throw whatever sticks at the wall. You know, like, Surprised okay, let's say very little. <laughs> you know, exactly. Just like whatever. Okay. What you, led you to that diagnosis? Did he have language or, I mean, you obviously would probably recognize it. Would more you believe it? I didn't really. It was more of a case of he wasn't talking and I was getting the old, uh, the old standby of everybody telling me, oh, well, he's a boy and boys yeah. talk later. <laughs> and oh, he was an early walker. So he'll be a late talker. That's I, I heard that all constantly, including <laughs> our own pediatrician late, you know, early walker, late talker. But I had had another relative in our family that had gone through the process of early intervention and was diagnosed with apraxia. So I thought, oh, maybe this is what you're looking at. And, you know, we started that process and it was clear that that was part of it, but it wasn't all of it. But through time and going to various different pediatricians and doctors and specialists, it became more clear that that's where we were headed into the autism direction. Um, and, you know, and once you're there, you're just like, all right, I guess this is where we are. As I always joke now, because I hear these kids coming out like, well, my kid has a level one autism or a level two autism. Like we're so old, we were like, uh, PDD also, autism, which was pervasive yeah. developmental disorder, not otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also, we also got yeah. that diagnosis. It was like PDD slash autism. Yeah. So whenever someone says to me like, well, what level is he? I'm like under the umbrella of autism. I mean, it's just, you know, it's kind of frustrating in some way just to say it that way, but most people don't know what you mean when you say level one autism or PDD autism or uh, anything like that. So that has its own challenges. Uh, but you know, he's made strides and he's worked very hard. I, I always admire my son because he goes out every day into a world that's not made for him whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. I say that all the time. And he does it every damn day with a smile. I, I, you know, so how can I not keep going because he does and yeah. I'll, that's always my main motivator. Just like, well, it doesn't knock him down. So why should it knock us down? So I noticed, or I didn't notice you actually wrote about it and you started showing his face. Was it just yeah. last year? Right. Cause you had never um, died back. You never showed his face before. I started ironically, like literally right before the pandemic shut down in 2020, 
because as he was getting older, I realized there weren't a lot of pages or blogs out there with adults with autism. And we were getting to that point. And I'm like, well, this needs to be seen. And I can't do it always with behind his head or, you know, like that. And the only reason why I ever kept his face hidden all those years is because he was little, like he was a little kid and I, you know, internet, some people are a little nuts. I mean, some, some people do crazy things like write about, write about their families and post it online, <laughs> like me. <laughs> so we like those uh, kind of crazy, <laughs> we like those kind of crazy. <laughs> um, so I was always a little worried about it, but when he got older, I was like, no, this needs to be seen and it needs to be seen fully. And I have a teenager, so sometimes he wants to be shown and sometimes he doesn't want to be shown. So <laughs> he gets photo approval, <laughs> as I always say. I'm like, is this okay to put up? Yes, okay, I'll put it up. But I felt it was very important to show it. I wanted to show what happens when it's not these cute little viral stories of yeah. these little kids yeah. and grow up. All those kids and those little stories that you share in your knees, you like, oh, isn't this sweet? Isn't this wonderful? Well, they all grow up. And here he is, you know, yeah, facial hair and all. I had to make that switch. It was a little scary, but I'm really glad that I did. Hmm. Well, I think it helps too, because, you know, autism doesn't have a look. So it's showing people like, hey, the autism can look like this. Like you yeah. wouldn't know. And so I think it's great. Yeah. And he's a bit of a ham. So he kind of enjoys this. <laughs> we all got a slice of ham. <laughs> Most of us have a ham. But I'm glad that I did it. It was a little scary at first, but I even for a while there, I wasn't even using my name, which is where the Mama Fry moniker came from. Somebody, yeah. I can't even tell you how that happened. Somebody on the page just started calling me Mama Fry. Oh my God. Stop. When you called us in the Becky video and you go, well, I know some little fries will be coming for you or whatever you said. I bought yeah. died. I'm like, Family I'm that fry. I'm that angry, hot, fiery red fry. It's I'm true. Like I love and fear the people that follow my page because- yeah. <laughs> I don't want to mess with them. They're like, when they get angry and they band together, <laughs> it's like, I don't, want to, I don't want to be on the receiving end of that. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's, I love my fry fam and, and I think there's no better way to uh, call it the fry fam. So I don't know if I've actually told anyone at this table, but Eileen, your page was the first autism page I actually ever found. And when I took my daughter to Disneyland, I think she was for the first time, I messaged you and you gave me a ton of tips on how to get her on the plane, how to occupy her on the plane, and all of the, you actually recommended a harness for me. Um, yeah, you were, you were the first page with autism I found. Oh my Way God. back a thousand years oh, ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so, I'm glad that helped. Thank you. So, thank you. Yeah. Oh, no, you're welcome. I mean, I expected you to <laughs> take us to Disneyland and just help me the whole time, but you gave me some fabulous tips. So I really that surprise never showed up. Yeah. <laughs> well, where's my ticket? It never came. I mean, I, I would have been, <laughs> you know, but it's like people, you know, I reached out like, how do I do this? Because I, I didn't yeah. know anybody else that had a kid with autism. And I, I stumbled across your page. I think it was a name. <laughs> I mean, cause it's, I think the only thing in autism, our children have in common are French fries, yeah. <laughs> you know, and chicken nuggets, but you know, yeah. yeah, people come for the name and then they wind up staying. I think it's the French fries. <laughs> so. All about the fries. It's awesome. Window fries. The window fries is my son. Where do you live? Uh, we live in the Jersey Shore in uh, New Jersey, right on the, uh, right by the beach. So yeah, I love your accent. Oh, thank I you. I didn't know I had one, but apparently I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'll have to play it up. <laughs> we have a certain feeling. We've been doing a case study for a couple of years. We have a certain feeling that if you get real fired up, it'll get real thick. 
Oh, that happens to my homegirl Kim. She's like yeah. from Southeast suddenly when she's angry. <laughs> the best. <laughs> I can go from zero, a zero to definitely like, are you talking to me? Absolutely. Well, can you tell us, Eileen, a little bit about uh, adult services and what is or more likely is not available and what you wish could be in the space that fills that hole, you know? Well, that's what we're looking down towards now. Uh, he's 18. He's in an out-of-district placement for school because kids with autism and that have um, IEPs are in school till they're 21. And that 21 is coming quickly because yeah. yesterday he was eight and now he's eight. 10 and now he's yeah. 18. So I'm not looking at it as like, oh, well, we got a couple more years. I'm in panic mode now because it needs to be, it's going to take forever to set up. It yeah. always does. We're in the process of, we just went through guardianship, which that was fun. Uh, <laughs> having to report to a judge and a, and a court and having a lawyer assigned to your son and getting paperwork that says your child is incompetent. Boy, that's really <laughs> what a joy that was. Uh, but it was a necessary event that we had to do to protect him and yeah. now we we have to do these things we're in the process of doing uh social security now for him i had to sit through an interview for that where i got asked wonderful questions like is your son married uh has your son committed any felonies i'm like well gee i hope not you know uh things like that that was terrifying in some ways but because of all these things we have to set it up it made me more and more aware of what's not out there which is a programs for kids like my son who want to work that want to do something meaningful, that yeah. want to feel like they're contributing to society and they don't want to be put in a daycare situation. I'm not knocking programs that provide care because they serve a purpose for a type of population that needs it. My son would not do well in one of those types of programs though because he wouldn't be doing anything and that would drive him crazy. Right now where he goes to school, they have a pretty decent job training program. He's out four days a week at different places. He works at restaurants. He's worked at bookstores uh, like Barnes and Nobles. He's stocking shelves in retail spaces. So he's getting a variety of opportunities. But once he turns 21, I don't know where he's going to be. And that's the scary part. Part of me as I start choking up about this. I got involved about two years ago with a local organization by me uh, called the Mammoth Ocean Foundation for Children. Mm -hmm. uh, even though it sounds like it's just for kids, they are now branching out into building an adult program that will be for people like my son that can work, wanna work, but still need supports and still need education opportunities to help them finding appropriate vocational placements with job coaches. You know, and that's the case of right now we're in the process, we have the building, we're working with the architect now, like, and it's, you know, that's it's awesome. a lot of, uh, Fantastic. We're, fun, we're, we're fundraising like hell. Any of you happen to know Oprah, let me know. <laughs> We're looking for her number. Well, yeah. <laughs> we can write some letters for you. <laughs> uh, they have a lot of programs in New Jersey, but it's a case of long waiting lists. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, you know, I could put him on a waiting list now. Maybe he might get something by 21, but it might not even be a case of in the area that we live in. Yeah. Uh, so this is why I'm working, the, the, doing the work I'm doing now. And as I say, I'm selfishly motivated. I want this program built because I want my kid to go to it. Yeah, we just did an adult series and most of the parents that we talked to about their uh, 
moving from childhood to an adult no matter what category they land in as far as like significant needs versus different programming that they could participate in there is nothing for anyone it seems like as far as placements and job location and there's very limited resources once they hit 18. and the market for for the jobs for people working with our types of kids that's the other part that's a real crisis situation because yep. the pay is horrendously awful mm. and we're expecting these folks to care for our kids that have special needs, but they're getting paid a horrible wage. It's, it's not livable. They're doing, yeah. they're truly doing it because they want to. It's not a case of they're doing it for the money because there's yeah. no and money. It's, in it's it. extremely hard job. Like it's a, we yeah, have a hard time stressful. with one, one of our kiddos. So yeah. like they have large groups that, you know, there's a lot that comes with it. The, the turnover is horrendous. Yeah. yeah. The stress level is just crazy. And, uh, it drives me crazy as a parent because the turnover is nuts, pay is awful, but they're also, I don't want to say, and these people are unqualified, but they literally will take whoever can pass a background check yeah, and a pulse, uh, you know, and as a parent, you, you get a little scared about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I am the secret ninja of social media stalking. If you're working with my kid, I will find you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have Rachel for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I can tell you, like, it's so different. My daughter's in a day habit. I don't get the, I don't know the names of her people that work there. They don't give you the names. I'm lucky if I get a first name. And now, since COVID, like, you can't even go inside. So it's like, yeah. if I happen to get a note written that day in her communication book, which is also doesn't happen every day. And like, my daughter's nonverbal. So she can't, it's not like I can ask her. She can't tell me anything. So it's, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's with my son, like he's verbal, but it's a case of he'll tell me the birth dates of what president it was today, as opposed to yeah. what today, you know, yeah, you know, I don't know if he's had a hard day. I don't know if another kid's bothering him. Yeah, it's so hard. It's a mystery to me. So, <laughs> so that's a real issue. And, you know, as someone who did it, I totally get it. It's, I wanted to do the job because I love the job, but mm -hmm. it's not always feasible. And I can't blame any of the, the turnover, right? Because the people have to leave because they just either can't do it because they're burnt out or they just can't afford it. Or the benefits are awful for those people too. So yeah. it's yeah. like, they have to go find something else. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I can't, been hard because we've yeah. tried to even supplement like one lackadaisical pay for with another, like have yeah. our foster worker be paid by our waiver as well. And you can't, so that it could be more of a living wage. You can't overlap. You can't think creatively. It's just like yeses, nos, and this is data sheet. There's not people behind social work anymore. And I feel like that's a devastating part about, like our kids pay the price of that, you know? Yeah. And the education that they need doesn't stop at 21. Mm -hmm. Like they still no. need those supports. Yeah. And that's why they need programs that are going to be based <laughs> with education. Like what we're hoping to do is not only provide vocational opportunities, but have like a dentist come in and work with the clients about what a dental visit is like, have a hairdresser come in and work with the clients. Cause like Amazing. those dispensary issues will continue. They yeah. do not stop mm -hmm. at 21. Um, that's something I've also noticed. That's kind of like drives me crazy around this time, especially now with uh, holiday shopping is coming up and I'll have different companies that want to send me things to promote. And I'll be like, okay, great. But this vest you've sent me for my 18 year old son, with an eight year old, do you make stuff for adults? Oh, well, we don't. Well, <laughs> guess we ain't working together then. 
And it's like, I don't know how many times I have to say it to them, to these companies, like the, the adults need this stuff too, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not just a children's disability that drives me nuts. It's just like, oh, magically all our children at 18, 21, 22, 23, they're supposed to just be like, it's insane. Yeah. I'll shout out a company because they, they actually listened to me was, was um, Harkla was the group and they made a sensory sock in an extra large size. And the one of the was saying to me, he's like, oh, do you like, this would be big. Like you would sell this. I'm like, I buddy, I guarantee you, I post yes. this on my page. You're going to get sales. And sure enough, he wrote me a later. He's like, OMG, you were not kidding. And I'm like, what did I tell you? <laughs> yeah. All yeah. those companies out there, listen to this, make things for adults too. Exactly. I would like it's the Harkla fella to call Disney and make sure that princess dresses can be made yeah. outside of a size 10. Yes, we need. I know but, some people have gotten creative and they've gone to onto SD and they make their own shops. But like, you know, sometimes that's hard. like you ever go on to SD. That's like a billion things trying to like, <laughs> yeah. you know, all your yeah. eyeballs at once. Like, you know, trying to find things that are going to work for our kids. Like, I can't understand these companies. Like, hello, you would have instant money because I'm at the part of the year where people are going to start asking me, what does he want for the holidays? And I get that panic look like, oh my God, what do I tell them? I'll yeah. tell you something that we found. Um, Eileen, Sensational You is a brand that we've worked with as a sponsor. Or we, I, I can't recall. Yeah, she's sponsored. She is extraordinary. And they just launched adult sizes for their sensory hoodie, which has like magnetic closure, a heavier hood with like thicker oh. ear pads by the hood. Wow. And then it has yeah. a sleep mask within the, like a visor almost that turns into a Sleep yeah She's right? and it's exactly what what you did with with Harkla is she said they started with just kids stuff but they were getting so many requests for adult I mean my daughter's 12 and she wears an adult medium and large so yeah. even the kids stuff I mean a lot of places I'd, I'd want to support I can't because they don't come in her size yeah um, but sensational you listened and they did it so it's fantastic <sighs> Okay, she's I know like, what I'm looking online later for. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, I'll text you the link after. That would be great. Thank you. No, that would be wonderful. But like, you know, yeah, we're getting to that point of the year where I'm like, okay, everybody, you remember that stuff that you've already bought them? Buy it again because, you know, know. he's either broken it or we've lost it or, you know. Or we take cash. Cash is good too. Cash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we, we love therapy visits paid for. <laughs> it's so mind-blowing to me. Like, I mean for those like my kiddos are Nora's going to be four and Nixon six both autistic and thinking down the track like I think as parents to kids with disabilities we're always looking ahead because we have to we get on these wait lists for 17 years in order to yeah. get services but it's interesting to hear all the different perspectives of this drop-off it's pretty much what it is it's yeah. 18 20 19 20 21 in yeah. whatever state you're in there's a drop off and then nothing. It, yeah. It's just literally mind blowing. We need some like reform, some big movement reform to like provide services and supports in, in whatever capacity, whether it be dollars or programming or whatever. So how do, can people support your project? Do you have oh, a place okay. that you can go? Since no. we're talking about support and money. <laughs> um, yeah, I will gladly take anybody's money. Mammoth Ocean Foundation for Children is on Instagram. It is on Facebook. It is on Twitter. And all you can link to our website there and make donations through there, whether you do it through PayPal or snail mail, as my mother still likes to do it. And I keep telling her, Ma, send it by e-file. Do it. And she's probably listening to this right now because she always listens to podcasts with a mom them hi mom anyway 
but um you know so that's that's what we've been doing but yeah it's exciting but it's funny while and I'm, now I'm doing it I find that I keep finding different projects or groups that are coming together and they're all these parents that are yeah. finding them honestly and, isn't that the only thing that ever made change yeah <laughs> I, you know I'm not saying that it's always 100% but it's a lot and it's kind of crazy to me. I'm like, why is it always the parents? Mm-hmm. Why? Why is it the only the parents that notice that all these kids are going to turn 21? Yeah. That's what's mind blowing to me. Well, it's just we, like, we've talked about, again, where it feels like they just think our kids are at 18. Hey, they're good to yeah. go out into the world. And yet they also, they, I'm categorizing, complain yeah. about our kids. But essentially our children will become a strain on the system because there's nowhere for them to go yeah. and there's no programs for them. Yeah. Obviously the job sector is not there for our children. So it's like, you know, they're setting us and our children up to fail. Essentially, oh, there. there he is. There he is. Hello, <laughs> Hello handsome. Right. <laughs> like that's a lot of aunties. Like, hey, wait a minute. Do I know them? Hmm. <laughs> I supposed to be on this meeting. Um, but and also we've talked about the potential, like our kids could contribute to society. Yes. But they just need the opportunity to do that. And they have the potential to do things. And it's just like, why let them just sit in a day have somewhere where they're not doing anything and they're just living off the government when they could be contributing? Absolutely. I want my son to pay taxes. That's always been my biggest thing. And, I, you know, his handwriting is not so great. So I've always like my joke has always been with his OT, like, just let me know he can do his signature because I want him to be able to sign a tax return and endorse a paycheck. And <laughs> that's what I want him to do. Like, that's yeah, it. That's um, but that's something that I don't think government seems to pick up on. And, you know, we just had an election and beforehand I was telling people like, make sure you vote and don't just vote for the big ones. You got to vote for the lower ones too. Like who's mm-hmm. in your town? Who's going on your board of ed? Who eventually, mm-hmm. you know, who's eventually on your mail you know, does your town do a mayoral committee where they all take a turn being the mayor? Like, who are you voting for? And I've had so many parents like, oh, well, I'm not really into politics. And I'm like, you oh don't get a choice. And you want a waiver? You're standing in line for a waiver and you don't care about politics? Get on the cart. You don't have a choice. You mm-hmm. are in the disability community. You are a political point. Mm-hmm. So you have to know these things. I had this guy running come to my door the other day, well, oh. a couple of weeks ago. And uh, yeah, he was like a public defender. I was a public defender in our community. I wasn't a public defender here. Anyway, besides the point, he came to my door and he was like, do you have topics that you think are important? And I just started running down this list. You were just the wrong person. (laughs) He texted me till I start just funneling at the doorstep all the things he should consider in his campaign. Why don't you come in for dinner, sir? I I was like, is your email on this document that you're giving me? I can shoot you a follow-up email, sir. An email? (laughs) I'd be like, wrong house, mother I mean, pardon me. Sorry, we but, have uh, whistles. It's fine. Oh, okay, sorry. That was just we're used yeah. to it. We have a Rachel <laughs> at the table. We got okay. you. We got you. I'm a lot over here. Uh, it it is true though. Like the the reform and the change is going to be from the person who has an intimate connection to our community or some kind of personal connection. I think. I mean, because the passion comes from that place. And most people that I find that have understanding for my kids have some background or connection 
to the disability community, which brought them to work in this area or whatever the case may be. So we need to find the legislator that <laughs> that can oh. make. And it's really important on us as parents, when we say advocate for our kids, this is one of the things we need to advocate for, like to make these conversations happen. Yeah. People who aren't directly affected by it. Yeah. Because they need to see how important it is. Oh, hello. There's another one popping in the background. I love this. Nora. Hi, Nora B. <laughs> um, but the biggest example I found was like when we were in the height of the pandemic and the lockdown was going on in my town Facebook group, there were a bunch of moms that were going on like, we need to have a mandatory summer school so our kids don't regress mm -hmm. over the summer. I was like, welcome to my world, sis. Now you know what I've been like always going on about needing extended school year yeah. as we call it this is what we have been fighting for for our kids and making sure that they get this like and she was like oh you know like and then she got it like then she clicked and got it yeah and, you know i'm thinking oh now you've got a similar experience you can see where we're coming from uh you know i know those parents were freaking out about their kids and rightly so but i don't know about all you but I was losing my mind daily seeing what my kid was going through. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And we're still paying like, for it. Yes. We're still paying for it. Here we are. Yep. I was and definitely... the pandemic was a, a light that I think a lot of people experience what we experience every day. Mm -hmm. I was yep. just going to say that. Them having to find a way to teach their kids or give their kids things that they need because you couldn't get it from anywhere outside. Things weren't available for, for them to do recreation, sports. Like this is the stuff that we have happen every day of our children's lives so it's like you dealt with it for four months yeah. i've been dealing with it for 24 years yeah, <laughs> exactly. so I, I found that i came off like bitter betty at the time when i would hear my friends sorry if you're listening uh complaining about being stuck at home i said oh it sucks doesn't it not being yeah. able to leave your house welcome to the world of special needs and they were like oh so this is you can't so this is what it's like. I'm like, this is what it's like every day. The pandemic didn't change that. It just yeah. added to that. So you're right. I think on so many levels, people kind of got a small taste of kind of our everyday lives. I no, think the pandemic was sort of the great equalizer. But the problem now is that they got this flavor of what isolation feels like or not, finding not the right fit and all of these different things. Weightless, for instance, all the stuff closed the inaccessibility to things. But what's happened since then is the mental health crisis that is, and the hiring crisis that is, and will continue to affect so many of our kids for so long. Like the proverbial, they get to return to work, schools are going, things are happening, and we will be paying the price of what did happen for decades. I, I, I don't think the mental health system will recover, period, to what it was before. I mean, I don't, I don't think so either. And yeah. it wasn't great to start with, so, no. you know, <laughs> you know, I know we've gotten so uplifting here, Eileen, but one of the things that we really try so cheerful, so cheerful. <laughs> one of the things that we try and bring to our listeners is that validation of that, what they're going through or what they were feeling are feeling is, you know, they're not alone in that. But we also try and sort of bring tips and tricks to the table. We are coming up on the holiday season. Do you have any tips and tricks to get through the holidays for 18 or 19 years that you've been trekking through? I mean, other than a bottle of vodka? It's uh, or the nog? <laughs> yeah, the spike nog. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's kind of piggybacking a little bit on the pandemic was a great way to like show what sometimes our holidays are like, which is low key, small, and know your limits, you know. 
we always joke with the kid when we go to my in-laws it's just, we're the first ones there because if they say it's two o'clock we are there <laughs> yeah. two o'clock and we're like let's go we're eating we're sitting down for dinner okay next dessert let's sitting down dinner like let's oh, okay we're out we are the first ones out the door we keep it on a tight schedule we try to leave when we're on a high kind of a thing leave yeah. want, wanting more and it, it's very important to know when you need to go and when your kids had enough don't stretch it out because grandpa bill uh has to tell you another story you just tell grandpa oh my God, you know our grandpa bill oh well I, i'm sure <laughs> or or you know aunt sally uh is going to make a comment about you and your what your kids not eating or bringing your own food for your child because you want your child to eat something you know like just if you got to go just go if you don't want to have that holiday with all those people and just say hey you know what we're just staying home this year you're perfectly entitled to that you know thanksgiving does not have to be 25 people around a table it can be just your little immediate family and thanksgiving doesn't have to be a turkey thanksgiving can be a turkey sandwich it you can know. be fries and chicken nuggets too absolutely it will be my son's my son will have mashed potatoes from our our thanksgiving dinner with his fries and chicken yes. i like that double down Double the potatoes. So you're he would know. language. I love yeah. potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, my son should be sponsored by Orida because he's or like, Idaho, oh, just straight up. Straight up. Like, ta you know, come on, sponsor a gal, would you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, you know, stay small. You don't have to have 25 people over. And if that's another thing, sometimes it's easier to have to be the host because all yeah. their stuff is here. And you can tell somebody, come on over. I have every year I host Father's Day and we do it here because we have a pool. And my whole thing is like, we're going to order pizza. Everything's going to be on paper plates. Here's the yeah. cooler. There's the red solo cups. We keep it super casual. Everybody yeah. has a great time because it's all stuff he's comfortable with in a spot he's comfortable in. And, yeah. you know, everybody. And he's like 40 steps from his bedroom when he's sick of people being in this pool, right? Like, yep. We did a PSA last holiday season for families, like our listeners to share to their families. And so we were trying to explain sort of all of these things to our listeners, family members, that it isn't just like your sister-in-law, Kathy, that's like, oh, my kid's autistic. So we're super high maintenance. It's autism at the holidays. And so we were trying to bring that message, you know, but it's fun to hear the validation from a 19, 18 years in mom. That's like, stay home, do whatever you need to. Yeah. Because honestly, everything from wrapping paper to the Christmas tree, to the lights, to this lady's house blinks and we didn't know. So now she's throwing up in their bathroom. Like you just, you can't count on all the variables. You can't. And you know, it, even though I'm doing this for as many years as I am, like we always, this is how crazy my whole family is. We have Thanksgiving with my family and then we have to do a second Thanksgiving with my husband's family on the same weekend. I don't know why we do this, but it's one of those things they've always done it. So we just do it right now. We're having a hard time trying to pick a date of what day we're going to do the second Thanksgiving on. And I've literally just texted before. I'm like, y'all have to tell me now or we're not coming basically. <laughs> And it's just not to be mean, but it's just like, you know, come on, you know, you all been around him for 18 years. You don't know how this works by now. Yeah, we got to <laughs> We need a date and time, people. please. You know, <laughs> he's got a calendar and on his phone, he needs, you know, the info to be typed in. And if we can't go, then we won't go. And we've had years where we can't go to things and events we just didn't go. And I'm just like, suck it up and deal with it. If we're not there, oh, well. Yeah. You know? It's just certain holidays that our kids 
maybe your kid likes Halloween, but they, my kids hate Thanksgiving. I mean, they're not about it at all. They hate the smells. They hate the food, the noise. They're like, what is this BS? <laughs> Sitting down at the table, eating this weird food. They don't like it. So yeah, we, that's kind of my son's philosophy on Thanksgiving is so we're just eating dinner like <laughs> every day. Like right. what's different about this? So yeah. But you like you can pick and choose your holidays too that work for your kids. Maybe Absolutely. you or your family can participate in Halloween and you stay home for Thanksgiving as a small group or whatever the case may be. I've seen that with a lot of families, learn that just staying at home sometimes for those holidays is just it's just easier to keep the peace. That's what I was just going to say. We learned very quickly that we were going to have holidays at our house. And if anybody wanted to come, they could come. And if they didn't want to come, we were still having holidays house because it was just too much for her. It was, it was also too much for her probably as having a holiday at our house, but at least she could like go into her room. Yeah. If she was going to run around with whatever half clothes on, she could run around with, you know, we least like to have a diaper on. <laughs> but you know what I mean like she could just do whatever she was comfortable doing and that just worked best for us and, and then when she got a little bit um calmer and stuff we like then we went to other people's houses but now we just stay home and that's really more due to my husband he hates to be around people it's not even my autistic child it's, I was gonna say it's actually more me <laughs> yeah she's fine it's like my husband's like I just want to cook dinner eat and lay down on the couch and take a nap I don't want to be at anybody else's house. well there's but. something to be said about being able to wear slippers in your own home and wearing sweatpants for Thanksgiving is fantastic I thoroughly <laughs> recommend it to anyone yes. Yes. <laughs> like that's the way to do it if you have to make that whole di dinner at least be comfortable while you're doing it but it is, my daughter gets very anxious, even though we're just doing a dinner at home. Like she just feels the difference and she's almost like waiting. She knows something's happening. So she's like waiting for something. She gets like hyper alert of like, if you're moving something, if you're like, what's happening, you know, but now she'll, she'll peel potatoes and carrots. She'll kind of help in the process, which she really likes. But sometimes she ends up, you could just see it that she's like, and she's always just waiting for that other shoe to drop. Like, you know, she knows something's happening. Well, know. my son is like, he's doing the routine that he has in his head. Like he knows we show up, we say hello, we eat, we open presents, goodbye. Yeah, and, <laughs> thank and, you. <laughs> and he has no problem doing that when these people come to our house and be like, all right, goodbye, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> holiday is over. See you later. You know, we're finished. I mean, I took him to the movies yesterday, and as soon as the credits started, he jumped up. And he said, "I'm finished," and like announced it the whole time. <laughs> people, I just love the way he thinks when he says stuff like that. I mean, it's just so brutally, brutally frank. Yeah, uh, I love it too. The way life is, so you you just accept it and roll with it. <laughs> what you see is what you get, people. Yeah. <laughs> to worry about. And not, not necessarily with my family, because they've always been great. My daughter doesn't go anywhere without her iPad. And I know people have their opinions on it. She always has her iPad going. It's, it literally calms her, even if she's not watching it. Ironically enough, even though she doesn't like sound and noise around her, that thing can be a volume 10,000. Um, and trying to get her to adjust that to accommodate other people would always lead into these screaming meltdown whatever we had company this year outside of our family and the husband made a comment and said oh is uh her ipad gonna play during dinner yeah it sure is and you're welcome to leave the table sir because it is playing through dinner so let me tell you i've said it before and i'll say it again if my mom and dad could have taken the atari 2600 out with them to a restaurant <laughs> with me and my brother back in 1983 they would have if yes. it kept us quiet and they could yes. pretend to be like on a date, you know what I mean? So 
who cares if your kid is running around with Thomas the Tank Engine playing in German, which could happen here very oh, easily. Oh, yeah. yeah. Portuguese is a big thing oh, over here. Spanish, yeah. Portuguese, oh, too. So the way I see it is like, yeah, it'll play and you can suck it up. Or you can make a request. He's at that point now where you can ask him, like, well, hey, could you play some, you know, blue schools on there? He'll look it up for you. And then it's great because he's getting engaged and he's typing and learning how to spell. Like, it's a wonderful educational experience. <laughs> exactly. So I say embrace it. <laughs> well, Eileen, we just... I think it's so, it's so nice. We have Kim at the table whose daughter's 26, you know, and she's just such an inspiration and watching Alyssa have this curve of skills, I think has allowed for all of us at a certain point of our, the, like the hard or the scary moments to know that hope just never dwindles. If you keep that alive, like it's constantly changing every Christmas for us has been a different problem, a different struggle, a different strength, a different like thing, cause it's always evolving. So it's just so nice to hear your smile this many years in just being light about it because I think it's important for people to know, you know, when you get bogged down in the noobs, like you said, Eileen, it's like everybody says to you that it happens, it, it, like early intervention is what it takes to get your kid some help or, they'll catch up or whatever the language is. I mean, there there's people still using catch up language right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, anyhow, it's such an intense process when you just get into that hamster wheel and you're trying to search for things and services and all the stuff to then know that sometime in some, you know, 15, 18 something years, you're going to be settled in. You're going to be smiling and laughing again, accepting what's come of the changes you know, still fighting for stuff, still filling out paperwork. Anyhow, it's so nice to hear someone that has been able to transition off the hamster wheel and be okay with where they're at, find the joy. You kind of still have to have that paperwork hand down. You still have to hear the pulse of what's going on in the community. You still have to be involved. I just think it's nice to show people what further down the line looks like. No, thank, thank you. you. I, I appreciate getting the chance to show it. And I just want to let parents that have the younger ones know, like you will get to that point where then you go, oh, oh, this is, this is better, or I'm used to this. That's what it is. It's not even that it's better. It's you're used to it. Like, oh, this is comfortable. We're in a, a good spot. And then you want to hold your breath because you're like, oh, I don't want to jinx it. You know, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yes. laughs> like, don't say that loud. Don't say that loud. <laughs> I always say to my husband, like, I'm like, oh, she's just gotten so much better over the years. And she really has. But then I'm like, or have we just learned how not to kick her off? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like a 50-50. Yeah. 50-50. Billy says that too. Celie's only seven, but he says we're better at it. She's not better. We are better at managing it. It is. Yeah. And, you know, there are days where it's horrible. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Having an 18-year-old is, you know, having an 18-year-old in the house. It's no, I can't tell if it's autism some days or just the way an 18-year-old young man is. You know, there are days he slams the doors. There are days he blasts the music. Uh, and he hides in his room. And I'm like, okay, you do what you I have do. an 18-year-old. That's That sounds very typical. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm, you know, there are days where I'm just like, hmm, are you being a teenager? Or is this autistic behavior that I have to observe? Um, but, you know, I just, I know that you can't go back. Like you will miss so much if all you do is just sit in sadness of what you think your child should be 
and you're mad because it's not that way, you're not going to get to do a do over at like when you get okay with it later on. Like I can't go back to eight year old kiddo. I would love to, but I can't. So if you have eight year old kiddo, your own eight year old kiddo, you have to enjoy that then because you don't get another do over mm. and you don't want to miss it. You don't, it, you don't yeah. get it back. I just love hearing you say that because my son's about to turn eight. And it is this weird thing in the autism world where that feels so old all of a sudden. And I'm like, no, he's just the eight-year-old little boy. And I have to keep reminding myself, like, he's still a little boy. He deserves to have a childhood that's not pushing everything on him and not resenting the autism. So I love hearing you say that because I'm like, oh yeah, he's a little boy. Just because I'm in this messed up world where he's growing, he's aging out of stuff already and it's crazy, but I have yeah, to. No, some days he's just going to be eight and like, you know, I'll prepare you for it now. He's going to turn into a tween next. And let me tell you, that ain't pretty. <laughs> I have a girl there right now. It's oh. a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Just, they both laugh like a witch kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's not fun. But, you know, like, oh, I just hate no. to see people miss it because, like, I think of times when I was really, really going through it in the beginning and I think, mm -hmm. God, I missed a lot of shit. Pardon me again, my mouth. No, um, we're good. Because I was too busy being having a pity party for myself. And, you know, yeah, he's not doing what I thought he would be doing at 18, but he's doing things that blow my mind every day. Yes. You know, that just, I can't get over him. Uh, but there's still other things that we do that I just think are just like ridiculous. Like I had to register my 18 year old son for the draft. Uh, is, <laughs> oh my gosh. If there is no, you know, mind you, if there like was mine, a kid, come pick him up, watch this. Yeah. I tell everybody this, no one believes me, but it does not matter. You have to register for the draft as an 18 year old male in America. If there was a draft, obviously he would be disqualified. Yeah, but there's a part of me that laughs when I heard this and I had other parents tell me like, no, it gets better. Military recruiters are going to call your house now asking for your son. Do you oh give them and there's a part of me that's like, I can't wait for this to happen. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it's going to be fantastic when I put him on the phone and he starts asking them like, what's your birthday? You know? yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's one of the things I said. Um, your son has a president. Oh, I'm I don't sad. want to say fixation, but knowledge of every president, every birthday. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that's a, that's another thing where I just don't know if it's autism or DNA because my husband is obsessed with presidents and presidential history oh. and going to different presidential houses. And like, it just kind of rubbed off on our kids <laughs> much to his delight. But you know, like, that's one of the thing I like, there is the, the army recruiter calling my house for my son and be like, yeah, great. You want to have a whole conversation with him about, you know, William Henry Harrison and <laughs> I would love that, please. Like, here you go. Out. Please have put that on your page. Record this, please. <laughs> we have I was going to say record it, please. I think you should invite him over. Let's just <laughs> skip the phone calls. Yeah. I wanted to go to the recruiter office with my kid to register, but my husband's like, Eileen, don't. No. <laughs> I'm like, dude, it would be so fantastic to do it, but I did. But I'm like sitting here waiting. I'm like, come on, call, come on, call. <laughs> that is so funny. But, Island, yeah. do you want to tell um, everybody where they can find you? 
Sure. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Autism with a Side of Fries. I am also on Instagram, Autism with a Side of Fries. And I'm also on the healthscape that is Twitter at, at French Fry Inc. Mm. I don't know how much longer I'll be on Twitter, but I'm there. A lot of fun right now. And <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun on Twitter these days. People do not look me up. It's my my safe place to just tell my real thoughts. Oh, yeah. It's been a yeah, it's been a, it's been interesting over on that social media site lately, but that's where I am. <laughs> and go support that future programming. Yes, yes. thank you. That's for the, um, I work with the Mammoth Ocean Foundation for Children, and we are currently fundraising for the Achieve Academy for Adults with Autism. Love it. Woohoo! So excited. Yep. Yes. Thank you, well, so, thank you much. so much, Eileen. Thank you thank for your you. time. Thank you. It was great talking to you, ladies. Yes, so great thank to talk you. to you. Thank you for sitting at the table for this episode of the Table for Five No Reservations podcast. To learn more, please read the description of this episode. In there, you can also find where to sign up for our newsletter and how to become a supporter. Join us next week for more. And while you wait, check out our content on Facebook and Instagram. If you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure to subscribe and rate and review us wherever you listen. To contact us, you can email us at tableforfivepodcasts at gmail.com. We can't wait to sit with you again. Bye.